0: Martin banks it off. Sutter is up with it there. Right around in front. Score! Live.
1: In the entertainment capital of the world.
0: Leading goal scorer on the team. 2-1 in front. Stop. It's the T.C. Martin Show. A tie game on the power play. Hodgson was at the front of the net to get your daily prescription from The Doctor. A power play goal by the captain, T.C. Martin. It's brushed on back by Richard Fox right up front, younger, fed inside of the net. star!
1: The Doctor is now in. And a very happy Monday to you. Is it a happy Monday? I well, don't if you're a Golden Knights fan. You should be pretty happy right now. The Golden Knights sweep. The game's in Minnesota, games three and four. Game four tonight, T-Mobile Arena, as the Knights go for the closeout. Game number five tonight against the Wild. They lead the series three to one in the best of seven series. So we will dive into that. Yours truly, Ballpark VGK Frank in the house. Glad to have you with us. And at least Ballpark's here for an hour today. He's, uh, he's going to step out for an hour. He's going to step out, take a long walk, take a little break. You know, no problem. So uh, we'll get all of our thoughts in with Ballpark VGK Frank here for the next 60 minutes or so. We got that. The big seven-footer, Big Bill Cartwright, is going to join us. We have plenty of NBA hoopla to talk about. We had, what, eight game number ones taking place, four on Saturday, four on Sunday. We will recap all of those series, some pretty interesting ones as well, too. Plus, Green Bay Packers news. Aaron Rodgers, a no-show at the OTAs, not a shocker there. And many people probably don't care, but obviously somebody cares because obviously this is newsworthy for these OTAs. And it always cracked me up about the OTAs because they are voluntary. And players get cashed off to go to the OTAs. But Aaron Rodgers is making a statement by saying, you know what, go have your OTAs without me. So we'll dive into that a little bit today as well. Other NFL news uh, we'll talk about, too. Julio Jones says he wants out of Atlanta. Says he is out of Atlanta. He is out of Atlanta. I'm out of here. Says I'm out. That's what he says. And then uh, we'll also talk about uh, the Aces, as they had two home games on Friday and Sunday. They won on Friday. They lost (laughs) on Sunday. We'll dive all into that. A little controversy with Liz Cambage, not with her team, but with the opposing coach. Have some fun with that. And uh, yeah, all, a very very busy
2: sports weekend. Yeah, there was a UFC, there was boxing, there was a lot of different stuff going on. So yeah, it, it was an exciting weekend. And I I know that people are making news out of this Aaron Rodgers stuff, but wouldn't it have even been bigger news if he actually showed up to the OTAs, right? If he really wanted to make a mistake, a statement, maybe he should have shown up and then just stood on the sideline the whole time and done nothing. <laughs> but but I mean who I mean I, I'm yeah. not surprised and who I mean. Very little in sports surprises me anymore. It should. You know, but it's like, and again, I know the media's got a job to do and they try to hype everything up. But all this talk of one game, the Suns win a game at home and why the Lakers are in trouble and why they got a lot to worry. And it's like, it's one game. It's the Lakers. For crying out loud, everything is such a... Drama and everybody's such drama queens in that today. And by the way, I know you said I'm stepping out in the second hour, but you were stepping out on Saturday night. <laughs> <laughs> stepping out. I was stepping out. Yeah, yeah, I was stepping out. It was, Instead uh, of a diaper dandy, you're the dapper dandy. Dapper, yeah. Got the moves, moving a hat, doing a whole nine yards in that, you know. Well, you've seen the moves before, you know. Well, usually I see it in here when you're <laughs> breaking glass and stuff like that, and I'm looking for shrapnel to come flying at my eye or something. So you're busting <laughs> out the B-52s here. Not necessarily my jam, but what you're referring to,
1: yes. I knew there was video out there, so I said, okay, I'm, I'm going to own it. I and mean, uh, I was at a event. My my daughter, they had a throwback prom, so the invitation was dress like you would you're going to your prom. So okay, so I had to bust out the old, uh, you know, the old Chicago style. Call it whatever you want. The you know the Tommy Gun or whatever you want to say. The pimp daddy out- outfit. Yeah, the growing twenties type
2: stuff almost or something.
1: You know, it's funny because I ran into so many people because I kept that on because I went out to dinner afterwards. And so many people came up to me, and they said, hey, the only thing you're missing, man, is your machine gun. And the other guys are saying, hey, you out pimping tonight. So it did have that look, that cross-decade cross, uh, cross decade look. It could have been the 20s. It could have been the 70s. Take your pick. If well, I, if
2: it was the 20s and then Sal Capone, pimping was also involved in that. So that's a, you know, it's a, it's a combo. Prices <laughs> were a little bit cheaper back in those days, though. But uh, I guess yeah. The, but, but the penicillin was probably a lot more needed back yeah, then, too. Yeah. yeah.
1: So but uh, of course so the the throwback is some throwback music of like my daughter's age and this is way before her time obviously but uh, yeah. So they so middle
2: the ground between you and your daughter I, for the I music.
1: Guess, I guess. I mean I didn't even get a chance to put in any requests cuz there was no old school R&B or funk. Uh, really. So there was So you didn't yeah. pick the DJ. I didn't pick the DJ. No, <laughs> no. No. But uh, they did. But anyway, so when this was playing, my daughter grabs me and says no we got to we got to have our dance and so as a good father will do, I, I went out there and this song was playing. And next thing I know, someone's shooting video of it. And I get it sent to me later. And it's like, okay, I, I better own this before somebody else posts this up. But now,
2: did you see the camera? Is that why you went full on with the whole routine and everything like that? I or didn't were you going to do camera. that anyway?
1: I didn't know that this was being okay. uh, recorded. No.
2: Okay.
1: That's just what I do. You know, and it's okay because I know that she wanted to have a moment. And so I'm going to bust a move because. Here's this older guy going out there with all these 20-somethings. And then I said, and that's what I do. I just go out there and whether it's going to a club or... I, I just don't.
2: I just don't remember the father daughter dance being part of prom. So yeah,
1: thank you. <laughs> I, I, exactly. It, exactly. And I think I said that in my post too. I said I'll, I can't remember every a father getting invited
2: to a daughter's I mean, prom. Maybe yeah, maybe may, crashing may, it. May, maybe you chaperoned it or something. Yeah, but um, right. But yeah. When well, you're like, ah, right, here's the uh, I had to dance with my daughter at the prom, and I'm like, really? Is that normal? Yeah. I don't <laughs> think it's normal. I think it's normal. But as you know, yeah.
1: Nemchuk let me adjusting my my fly hat. You like that, huh? I don't know. You can uh, you, you can put po- you can send the pictures out there if you want. Nemchuk. I got some stills. Oh, you don't have any stills? I'll, I'll send you some stills. And did you
2: send it up on, on your Twitter and that. I know you sent it on a Facebook.
1: Yeah, uh, I I didn't
2: on Twitter. Yeah. I did. I, I probably should. It's funny because it up at tcmartinshow.com. Let everybody there see you. it. Okay. Let them imp- let them vote. You know, good. Know your role. I mean, have a have a little have a little fun with it. That's what it's all about. Have a little fun with it. That's it. So there you yeah. go. Yeah, shaking
1: it up a little bit. I know some people saw it and they commented and they said, "Wow, all right." So, but yeah, I wish I just would have had had some jams and then I could really I would have started popping and locking like you guys see me do in the studio here. Yeah, and I loved your comment because you said that. I right, okay. That, yeah, you know, that's it. Oh, yeah. See, if they would have played this, it would have been all over. That's what I'm saying. But would
2: have been a longer video, you're saying. A longer
1: video. And I would have had more fun. I would have I would really.
2: You know, but you that. might have potentially pulled something, too, if you kept on going Ab- longer. Absolutely
1: correct. That's you it. Know. Going down and trying to do the splits is like, I think I got three quarters of the way. Can't, can't get the 100% down like, like I did back in the day. Well, because
2: so. I know next time I get down that low, you they'll know. be throwing dirt on me right afterwards. <laughs> 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 I'm still waiting for because I'm not getting
1: back up. I'm still waiting for Frank to get in the limbo contest. Can yeah, you, can yeah, that's gonna limbo? happen. Yeah,
2: you ever do that when you were young? Uh No, no limbo. My limbo is just uh, walking under doors these days. It's yeah. about as low as I can go. Yeah. <laughs> you <laughs> was, did the flop, Fosbury flop over the top of the, the limbo Fosbury stick. flop, yeah. I, like I, 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 did use, I, I used to do a little. I mean, I wasn't on the track team or anything yeah. like that, but we do some high jumping in that. Yeah. By the way, that is Dick Fosbury that TC is referring to. There you for go. For those who don't remember. Very nice. Very nice. So uh, Wore the Mickey Mouse shirt during the Olympics. Yeah. A lot of people didn't like that. It's <laughs> that's true, that's,
1: that's some old school So I see, okay, you guys had a pre-production meeting today And you guys got together and thought you were going to bust this out on me today I see where you're going with this Are mm. you crazy? Wow, alright, interesting stuff So, yeah, yeah, yeah and Anyway, so
2: yeah, fun night at the prom slash whatever you want to call it <laughs> now, since you had the Chicago threads on in that, did you get Chicago dogs and pizza and all that stuff too? No, that's why. Because that I... would have made the prom. That would have been more authentic for you, and probably yeah. even more enjoyable. Yeah,
1: exactly. And it wasn't a Chicago themed. I just decided to right. you that's made what it that I'm way because
2: that was your prom type of thing. There you go. Exactly. There yeah. you go. You know, exactly. Thought I'd
1: bust that out and and uh, you know shock them a little bit. So. I got the shock effect. And most people were dressed up. I saw there was one uh, couple, and everyone else was was, was pretty young. I mean, there were some other parents and stuff that were there. But uh, they had, like, the T-shirts made... Of like a tux, you know, you've seen yeah, those the things. Tux the airbrush. Yeah. I'm going. Come on, you gotta do better than
2: that. Didn't that go you know? out in like the 80s or something? I th- well, you heard the music. Though, <laughs> <I> mean, <so. laughs> well, right, but it's still what you're supposed to. What you would have worn to your prom, right? I don't remember too many people actually. I, I, they Unless wore you that couldn't around afford a or something I think
1: these guys couldn't afford a tux or something. That's what I think it was. Uh, that's uh, that's a weak effort. I know it's a T- weak effort. Totally weak. All right, back to sports. Mm-hmm. So a lot to cover uh, today. You know, I think I want to touch on first. I don't know if you got a chance to to watch any of the PGA Championship.
2: I caught little a little weekend. bit of it, and I caught a lot of the
1: highlights of it. And again, it, it is a big story because Phil Mickelson, at age 50, wins the PGA Championship. And it wasn't like Phil just came out of nowhere to to win this thing. I mean, he was leading on Saturday and Sunday. He had a, a fantastic tournament. And I remember last week, and I almost brought this up last week. You know, people were complaining, like, why is Phil Mickelson in the PGA championship? You know, he's using an exemption. And the backstory to this was that he wasn't even going to compete. And he got the offer, and he goes, Well, I don't think so. And he said, No. But they go, Well, this is your course, your home, you know, hometown course. You know, this, you, know you, you should do this. And I guess, you know, sponsors came up to him and says, you know, why don't you do this? And it was kind of at the last, I don't want to say last minute, but I think the week or two before he goes, okay, fine. I decided to do it. And he goes, I still think i got something left in the tank. But he just did not want to have that courtesy invite right. to thinking like, okay, maybe I can't compete with some of these young guys. Because Phil, I mean, he hasn't won in quite some time. And so he goes... Yeah, I just don't want it to be about me going back to this course, uh, you know, and feeling like that I I don't deserve the the invite. Well, he deserved it and everything lined up perfectly. You can call it a miracle, call it what you want, but it is a very cool story because of all of those things or Phil Mickelson wins the PGA Championship. I still it's hard for me to get used to the PGA not being in September. Because remember last year they screwed everything up with the tournaments, just like with the Triple Crown races, oh, everything moved, was all exactly. different. Yeah, it was yeah. a bizarre world last okay. year. For so sure. we're back to normal, and I know the PGA has been this way for the last few years, but I, I don't get it, and I don't like it. I loved it the way it was. We really don't change tennis, right? We don't. We don't touch the Grand Slams. Yeah, those, yeah. We don't touch those. Yeah, it might, might tweak it just a little. Like, a like, little bit. like the French Open is a week later this year Thank than normal, you. but they're still in the order, yeah, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, Australian. Uh, French, Wimbledon, U.S. Open. Yep. Yeah, there you go. So, And again, why do I know that? Because we've had it forever. As long as we've been alive, that's the way it's been. In golf, traditionally, it's always been, you know, the, I guess what, the the, the British Open, well, no, rather it's been the Masters, the British, uh, U.S. Open, PGA Championship. That's the way it was forever. How did the PGA get thrown into June? I'm just not ready for that. And in a couple weeks, you know, down the road, it's going to be the U.S. Open, which we're, you know, accustomed to seeing in the month of June. So I, I don't get it. Well, what am I talking about? May we're in May, right? So the PJs yeah. in May. Yeah, it just doesn't make sense. This was was always end of August, first part of September, the last one. And there's usually a lot of drama with that too, especially if some golfers had won the previous majors, but. It caught me and a lot of people, I think, by surprise, and it's a great story. Phil Mickelson won, but for that part, for me, still a little strange. Well,
2: it's a little bit strange, and it's also, some people are going like, wait, what, it's another major? The major's going on already? Right? So this is like the, no, it, it, it was definitely a little bit weird, and like you said, but as far as Phil getting the exemption, anybody that has a problem with that, well, if Phil Mickelson hasn't earned an exemption, then who has? You know, I mean, he's a big name, and we also know that it's about names and TV ratings and everything else. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, it would be almost wrong if they didn't give him the opportunity to have the exemption. If he would have bowed out, that would have been fine. But like you said, he took it. I just want to know who – I know I was uh, looking at some of social media in that, and I guess there were verified right now that there were 12 bets around town that people had Mickelson at 201 at the start of the tournament. So, you know, I mean, if you took a flyer on that, now it might have been five bucks you put on it, but somebody else might have put a, a decent-sized wage on it or something like yeah. that. So, you know, I mean, and, and then, you know, did people hedge it down the line? And, you know, it was a little bit up and down, like you said. The fact that he didn't come out of nowhere and just have a gigantic round on Sunday and blow everybody by, he had the lead and had to hold on to it. And he was a little bit up and down. He was as much as 10 under. Then he went down to, like, 6 or 7 under. Then he was back. I thought the key, from what I had seen of it, was the bunker shot that he made that he hold it out. That seemed to give him a lot of confidence. He got it there. And then it was kind of anti-climatic almost that he two-putted to win the thing. But when you saw that gallery, he had to get through the throng of people just to even get to the green to putt because he is so beloved in that. And I'm not really sure that a lot of novice golf fans or non-golf fans really know that i mean this guy really is loved and appreciated in that by a lot of golfers we hear tiger 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 all the time and rightfully so he's changed the game he's brought a whole new audience into it and he also congratulated phil but phil mickelson is uh pretty high up there in a lot of people's uh you know love for the game and i i know that uh tj reeves is probably happy down in florida because uh, you know uh Tom Brady also congratulated him. So, you know, right, right. not surprisingly right. at all. And to your point about what happened afterwards, uh,
1: Phil Mickelson, there was a crowd there that was mobbed. They're in South Carolina. It's beautiful course, beautiful day. People are happy. Phil Mickelson wins his sixth major championship. This is news. It's a story. And people surrounded, you know, Phil with this. Well, Brooks Kepka, who, you know, was chasing Phil, yeah, uh, not happy, and he made some comments, uh, even not even the best of language. There, I don't know if uh, you you heard the audio or saw it, but Brooks Kepka, you know, was talking afterwards, and then again today, saying that hey, you know, I'm happy for Phil and everything, but I didn't appreciate getting bumped. You know, you know, yeah, my, there's my golf need. etiquette in yeah.
2: that, and, and 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 again, there were literally people standing on the edges of the green, correct? And and I mean, I, I don't know if I've ever seen that before. Even at time, I mean, the green is like security keeps him off the green, mm. there were people on the green that he had to get through. I don't know if I've ever seen that before in a major golf tournament or any golf tournament, yeah. And
1: so, some blame here goes to the PGA because. You know, like I said, it's not like he's coming out of, you know, uh, you know 25th place here. I mean, he's in contention on Saturday yeah. and Sunday. He's
2: the reason your ratings are where they are right now on this Sunday. Sunday. He's the best thing for TV and everything right. else out there right. for you right now. So
1: I'm surprised you don't beef up security and you don't anticipate that this is going to be a problem or could be a problem. Now, when you look back at it. I hear some media members saying, "Oh, you know, this, this this was a major problem. This was out of control, and this and that." This is a golf tournament. I don't, I don't see it as as being that major. And if Brooks Kepka doesn't open his mouth and say something, we're not talking about it today. It's not like the the palace at the uh, the malice at the palace with Ron Artest. It's nothing like that whatsoever. I mean, the crowd gathered. They're there to congratulate Phil. They're not there to riot overturn cars like we see fans do when teams win championships. They want to get a piece of Phil, maybe try to get pictures of Phil, maybe get some high fives. They want to be part of history. They want to be part of history, this and that, and they want to show their love for this guy. In my opinion, this this happens for only two guys, for Tiger or Phil. No, I agree. Anybody else, nobody really cares. No one's going to draw that kind of attention, but, Brooks Kepka, did he really need to say what he said? And basically I am I'm, I'm paraphrasing here by saying that, hey, I, I got bumped in the knee a couple times. I really don't appreciate that. Happy for Phil, but you know, this is ridiculous. It comes off as sour as sour grapes. It does. It totally does. And you always you don't know, have to throw that in there about well, I'm happy for, for Phil, but when that butt comes up, again, just shut up. Let, let the get just so what? You got bumped. You know, did you get in an accident like Tiger Woods? No. Did you did you have your leg shattered? No. Did you did your knee get bumped? Well, probably. But no one was saying, let's go take Brooks Kepka out. No one's saying that. So for this guy to You're saying nobody Nancy Kerrigan. Thank you very much. Exactly. <laughs> no reason to do that. So uh, again, trying to you know take some of the luster off of Phil, that's that that's a little bit too bad. Was Kepka injured? No, he wasn't injured at all. It was just one of those things. How many times have we seen uh, fans storm the court after an NBA final or a buzzer beater
2: or anything of that nature? College basketball. College all the time. All Football, the time, basketball, right? whatever. Right. Baseball. I remember being at a Chicago Sting yeah, game. Right. The soccer team at Comiskey Park, yeah. the old White Sox field, when they beat the San Diego Soccers and everybody charged right. the field. By the way, you might have got bumped and maybe it wasn't the most pleasant thing because you knew they weren't there for you. Phil got mauled. Yeah, there were people all over him. He he had to, security had to walk him through the crowd so he could do his putting. So while you were getting bumped, he was getting grabbed, squeezed, hit on the back. It, it, it was probably all in good nature, but there were probably a couple of times when he went, "Hey, take it easy, okay? Let me finish this thing off here." <laughs> I know, I know. So again, you would think that the
1: PGA and in the PGA Tour, they would have this thing covered. They they would and uh, and again you know in comparison to what we're talking about storming the court after a big upset or a buzzer beater that sort of thing that's not premeditated this thing like with Phil. It wasn't like, and hardly waiting and they're off, and let's go. I mean, that wasn't the case. It was like, hey, you know, congratulations, milling around, that sort of. It was more
2: milling around the way was milling I view it, right? But, but the other thing, to, to just to emphasize your point a little bit more, when you think about it in hindsight now, and you mentioned it's on the PGA, it's also on the course there for not taking care of it. It's the last twosome or last foursome that you have out there. So last twosome. Yeah, the last twosome. So every single security person you had wasn't on any other hole or nothing. You should have that green should have been surrounded where it's like, all right, enjoy the moment in that. But you're not getting on the green. You know, that's the zone when you know, when you're in kid, the safety zone or whatever, playing tag or this or that. No one's allowed on the green. That's what that's what I was shocked by. I've never seen people literally on the green. How do you let that happen when you literally have every single security person at the resort available for that particular hole because it's the end of the tournament with the last twosome? You could have taken everybody that had every other twosome out there and had them all just surrounding the green, which maybe in hindsight they'll do next time. And I get it. People are happy and they want to be part of history and this, that, and the other. But, yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess maybe in a way it's a good thing that something more didn't happen. But for crying out loud, we look at everything today like it's like, oh, you know, Kepka's, oh, my knee got bumped or something. When Hank Aaron broke Babe Ruth's home run record, some clown jumped out of the crowd and ran around the bases with him. Right. <laughs> I mean, look at the kind of stuff Chris that Chambliss, has happened at before. Stadium. Remember that? Chris, you know? yeah. yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's, we've had this kind of stuff throughout history, but golf is a little bit different, too. And like you said, you know, oh, now, oh, it's crazy. It was this and that. Isn't that the exact same stuff we heard when Tiger first started going and people were actually... Even Tiger would look and go, you want to shut up during my backswing? (laughs) I think I've
1: seen it maybe one or two times that a crowd has gathered on the green. On the green. Yeah. I think it's it's twice, once or twice in the movies. The greatest game ever played, I believe... And maybe it was The Legend of Bagger Vance as well. Yeah. I don't know if they did in Happy Gilmore because yeah. I really didn't pay attention or to tin that. Tin Cup
2: or something. Tin I'm Cup sure. they did not because okay.
1: Tin Cup was beautiful because that's why I love that movie because they had the CBS personnel. They had PGA involved, and that was the most realistic golf movie and one of the most realistic sports movies I've seen as far as, like, the footage. And when you're having Jim Nance and you're having all those guys there, they, they, they could have mauled Tin Cup from, you know— you know, hitting that one in from whatever it was, uh, you know, 200 yards out or whatever. Give me a ball. Right? Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> and then he, he picks it up, throws it in the drink, right? And then they start diving in for that. That's cool. Okay. But you didn't see them crowd the green. But in those other uh, golf movies I mentioned, I did see that. And I go, well, maybe they did that back in the 20s. Because that's when that was, you know, Bobby Jones and all that kind of thing. May, maybe they did. So didn't have really security back in those days. But uh, so maybe that was portrayed, right? But no, at a, at a, at a golf tournament? No. You know, I've been to plenty of yeah. golf tournaments and been to majors and that sort of thing. That's got to be under control. But again, I think Brooks Kepka just his, his comments. If he doesn't say that, we're not even talking about this today. We just think, Hey, that was, that was pretty cool. Yeah. You know? No, no. And did anybody get hurt? Him. No one got hurt. Yeah. And when was the last time we seen anybody get hurt in a court storming thing too? I mean, it's not like you're really going after the other team. You're celebrating your oh, own yeah. team. So you're not going to knock out your own team. You know, you're not going to do that, even though I know that, well, you won't like this. But then again, it's kind of before your time. But when the Packers, you know, won the ice bowl that um, the uh, the Packer fan went on the field and these, you know, hugging players and a bunch of Packer fans went on the field there. And the one guy stole Vince Lombardi's hat. Yeah. And, and, and still has it. You know, uh, to this day, there's a there's a pretty cool story out there. And when Lombardi got back, they're having a party at his house. He goes, yeah, he goes. Go, you know, some schmuck stole my hat and this and that. And then I guess ESPN or somebody did a documentary on this guy, and he talked about yeah, how he took Lombardi's hat, and he's still alive today. Does he still have the hat? Yeah, he still has a hat. And and uh, I it's guess not like family. in
2: the Football Hall of Fame or nothing. Shouldn't
1: no. it be there? No, I think, uh, you would think
2: so. I mean, come yeah, on. Yeah, I know. I, I remember when somebody st- stole that. the hat from one of the pitchers in the Cubs bullpen and right. almost started a, a riot or something. Right. You know, didn't didn't one of the Paul brothers just take Mayweather's hat or something? Yeah. What is it about people taking hats? Uh, souvenir, I guess. <laughs> go, go figure. I guess, I, I guess, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you sat that whole game at the ice bowl, yeah. I'm guessing you might have had a little antifreeze in you too. <laughs> yeah, there's a no so, question. So it might have been a little bit, um, you know, <laughs> you know, it, it, induced by a little bit of alcohol courage or something. Right, right, right. Hey, there's a hat. I yeah. think I'm going to take it. Yeah, it wasn't wasn't the Chris
1: Chambliss home run where they. Uh, took his batting helmet or took his helmet I off? I think probably, yeah. I think that was the one, yeah. because Hank, they didn't... No, they, they, no, no, they just no, came around and pat in the back. That, but but b-
2: even then, it's like... oh, And, and again, I, I don't want to bring race into this, but two white guys with all the death threats that he had run out on the field to run on the bases yeah. with him and pat him in the back. Yeah. Where the hell
1: was security? Yeah, right. right. They were coming, <laughs> but they were they were far behind, you know?
2: <laughs> uh, well, they had good hot dogs at Comiskey back then. Yeah. <laughs> But although that was down in Fulton County, of course, yeah, Hank Aaron did it. At I home. was going to say where were April eighth against El Downing against the Dodgers. There you go. There you go. I don't. Know, for some reason, I was having a couple buddies back. of mine were <laughs> in that game. Dusty Baker and Jerry Royster. And again, I, I and complete, in my mind, I completely because you know things start running forward in yeah, your mind. Yeah. I was thinking of the father son tandem that jumped on uh, at Comiskey that beat up the first base coach for Kansas City. Oh yeah, which was a bad incident that happened. Yeah, yeah. yeah so you know, some are good, at, but some do end wrong. <laughs>
1: that first base coach ever do to the White Sox? Huh? What did that first base coach he, he do? coached against the White Sox. He, and it was he's a, a first base coach.
2: Uh, well, well, he
1: doesn't do anything. All he does is collect batting gloves. And it was That's a, all he does when the runner comes down. And it was where he takes obviously off.
2: an idiot, moronic, father-son combination. Hey, let's get on the news and go beat up the coach. And they got a slap on the wrist for that. Yeah, not cool. They didn't end up at the Cook County slammer. They went to jail for the night or whatever, yeah. but I think they got like a five hundred dollar fine or something. I mean, it, it turned out to really be nothing. It wasn't much of a detriment to say don't run on the field. Mm-hmm. Phil Mickelson, uh, definitely something. Fifty years old. He was ranked a hundred
1: and fifteenth before this tournament. Hundred and fifteenth, uh, and that's why the odds were. And I'm I'm really kind of surprised that the odds were that deep because you. You know, as because a bookmaker, it's home course? Well, home course and it's t- whether it's Tiger Woods or Phil Mickelson, you're going to get that action. So you could have probably got away with fifty to seventy five to one. You know what I'm saying? You probably could have, you know, even a hundred to one. You didn't need to make it 200, 250, or three hundred to one. There was one ticket out there that was cashed, a thousand dollar ticket, a uh, at three hundred to one at DraftKings. Three hundred to one. That's three hundred grand. I'll take it. Yeah, no kidding, right? 300 grand. Why is Phil Mickelson that man his money. a guy who won five majors coming into this? 301. He should never be 301. Never. I mean, what's the purpose? Well, he of that? should
2: be if he's 80 and not 50.
1: Right. <laughs> right? So, bookmaking 101. You don't take the popular favorites and. You know, juice him up
2: like that. You just maybe bring him down. Uh, maybe it was greedy sports books, and they said, "You know what? Let, let's entice people to bet Phil because he don't have a shot." Yeah, but you know, people are going
1: to bet their favorite golfers. They're going to do that. So, yeah, good for th- those betters that had the foresight to do it. Because again, it did make a lot of sense, even though Phil really hasn't been really competitive lately. But no, 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 yeah, he not, hasn't.
2: But now, did you see the interview after the tournament with him? Because he was talking about that, and he said, "Look, you know, I'm going to enjoy this and everything, you know, and this could be the last tournament I ever win, or maybe I go on a little roll for the next year or two. Yeah. Maybe, you know, the things I've been working on my game and tweaking my game, maybe they all come to fruition now, and and I win a couple more, and I so all those. I think winning this tournament has Phil thinking, you know, what I still got it. Well, I can go out there and get this done.
1: Yeah, by winning this, okay, winning a major, he gets a five year exemption now, so he." can play any of the majors for five years. So he can no drive problem. till he's fifty five. There you can. Exactly, Sammy <laughs> Hagar. Very nice. And uh he was driving pretty darn well. Exactly. So yeah, Phil's gonna play and we'll
2: we'll probably see him in, in two or three weeks. Why not? The next major. Is Is that the next Open? major? Yeah. And then all the majors Tory Pines be. too. Then all the majors will be done halfway through the year. Yeah. Exactly.
1: Nuts. Crazy. <laughs> Insane. I don't understand the schedule anymore. Don't get it.
2: Lefty. When's the, when's the next tennis major by the way? We we haven't screwed that the up, French right? The French Open, right? French Open's coming up. That's it would actually be starting this week. I just want to make week. sure. It's a, it, it actually normally starts this week, but they postponed it a week One because week. of yeah. some COVID and some so issues sure in, in France and that The summer. red clay at Roland Garros. By the way, since you did mention uh mm. tennis, mm-hmm. uh Coco Goff, yeah. The young American player, she yeah. won her first professional tournament. Oh, this good past for her. weekend, I like her. Uh, so, so, and, and that was on the clay. So she's getting ready for the French Open uh, as well. So, uh, you know, I, I I'm looking forward to the French Open uh, as well. So, is she a grunter? I I mean, uh, a little bit. Not, not all, much. All of them do a, a yeah. t- to a certain extent here and there. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, she does a little. But I mean, uh, you know, it's just part of the it's game. Part of the game. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, that's there's a lot of guys that grunt just as loud, and some even louder. I know, but you know, for the ladies. You know, wearing skirts. You know, back in the day, you
1: didn't. You didn't have a whole bunch of grunting from females back in the day.
2: I don't know. I mean, some people said that you had some that squeaked a little bit or something. Yeah. I you mean, could Chris, did, Ever- you, you Chris Everett used to make noises and that yeah, sort of stuff. That's so, true. That's true. You know, I, I remember I, again going all time pence Steffi Graff. Fraulein forehand. Yeah, wow, her forehand was awesome, outstanding. You know, and Martina Navratolova, I liked her because she played with the mentality of a man, the serve and volley game, and everything else that she had. So, no, I mean, I, I've loved tennis for a long, long time, and I'm looking forward to the French Open.
1: All righty. When we come back, we start talking about the Vegas Golden Knights, their opportunity to close it out. And I'm sitting next to the prognosticator. He had his crystal ball. He called this series, and now we'll see if they can. Close it out tonight, game number five. Hey,
2: everyone. This is Carnell, a.k.a. Golden Pipes, and I want to welcome you back to the T.C. Martin Show.
1: Now, see, this was a jam back in the day. Back in my DJ days, I would play this, and then I would have all these kids with blue hair, green hair, white hair, they would come out and start dancing. And back in those days, we're talking mid-80s, where they would like have all the face paint was be white, I don't know if it was makeup or powder. It was like that was that type of thing if you were into you know, the Pet Shop Boys and in groups from over in England. They would like really get really dressed up and goofy looking. You probably don't remember that because you were hanging out like in rock and roll clubs. I so I was like DJing, um, a lot of these younger clubs. And
2: now geez, you're, you're talking DJing with turntables, yeah, and yeah, that's a, you know, yeah, yeah.
1: And, th- and this song was like just I've I heard this song, I yeah. mean,
2: I've heard it, but I have not, yeah, idea West what End is, Girls Pet Shop Boys. Oh, is that what that, that was? Yeah. West End Girls, okay. yeah,
1: Pest, yeah, Pet Shop yeah. Boys. This was, yeah, it was a jam. So, so one, so was one that a,
2: like a mini, like. English Invasion or something like that. I mean, it, obviously, it wasn't like the 60s yeah. I, I, when the Beatles came and all that stuff. But there was the, oh. the Pet Shop Boys and the different things The like Tears that for and Fears yeah, and uh, it goes,
1: I mean... Was Flock of Seagulls Flock of Seagull, yeah. I mean, all of those, yeah. you know, like that. You and know?
2: Who, who's the band that did the Come On Eileen song?
1: Oh, yeah, that was uh, Come On Eileen. That's... Uh,
2: oh, why am I drawing a blank? I got this. Uh, it's a Goofy Name, One Hit Wonder. Yeah. Um, I just remember that song. It's, we had a... Waitress that I worked with named Eileen So she yeah. took a lot of flack over that yeah. song
1: But yeah, this is the jam, man Yeah, Pet Shop Boys I mean, the Banana Rama. I mean, you had a lot of the, those type of groups That uh, So, yeah, the club that I was DJ, DJing at this time So, Friday nights would be Quote, unquote, new wave night and Saturday was your R&B night. So, totally
2: different crowds. But you DJ'd and both of them. I DJ'd both of yeah. them. Right, right. Yeah, you're right. I, I never, I wouldn't have gone to either one. Of yeah, them. right. <laughs> I did go to some rock clubs, and I even went to a couple punk clubs in Chicago in that, yeah. back in the day. So, I wasn't into punk, but I had some friends. Where, and I did find it a very interesting lifestyle. And The one thing I never understood about punk is it's like, I actually read some of the lyrics to some of the songs, and I thought they were brilliant. Yeah. But nobody could understand what the hell they were saying <laughs> if you didn't know them. Yeah.
1: Dexy's Midnight Runners.
2: Yeah, there you go. Yeah. I can picture the video. Yeah. Just standing there in their overhauls and it and just yeah. outside of the yeah. fo- the, the, yeah. the fountain shop, that or was the whatever. Oh yeah, yeah it, it wasn't. Yeah. But but it was but it was a very popular tune. Well, just like the B-52s. Yeah. You know, that, that was yeah, you know, very popular oh, as well sure. too. Kind yeah. of goofy. And well, how we were teasing the other day about like you know like men without hats and bands like there's that. there's another one things yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah, the safety dance. Right? Didn't it was a, Didn't Madness do Our House or something? Madness like that? did Our House. Look at you. See that's See, the kind you know, of stuff. Our I was Our House. On those Friday nights. Our House actually. I that was a funny song because I was at a party once and we we had been partying all night and that and that song came on and for some reason it hit a chord and it became like one of our funny little songs that we play everyone like one of our guilty pleasure type things cuz it was so stupid it was yeah. actually entertaining. Yeah.
1: So in that video where you were talking about me dancing Saturday night so you, if you notice if you hung with it it went from the B52s and then it went over to that theme from The Breakfast Club which one is is one of Jules's favorite movies. So I think that's why they played that. And I was like, "Okay, that's when I got to get off the floor." Okay, that's that one song. But you know. Yeah, our house. See
2: again, not not my genre, yeah. not my genre. But you know, so breakfast, breakfast love, and the Molly Ringwald type movies of, there you like, go. of that era. Yeah, the Sixteen Candles and all that yeah. stuff. There you go. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> all right.
1: You can you can exit madness at any time you want. Now, if you want some madness, play Summer Madness. Go look at that one. Summer madness, cool in the gang, my friend. That's some madness. Oh, then now we're back to. Normal. I, I prefer go. macho. Now we're back to the Saturday I prefer nights.
2: macho madness. Thank you. Yeah, right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Not macho man, though. Not no. macho man. <laughs> 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 oh, bow wow, yo, yippee, yay! That's what I'm talking about. Is, is is it time to get either Tim Bradley or BJ Armstrong back in? Because again, this remember you, you got BJ wants his theme song there. You want some George Clinton Parliament yeah. funkadelic? So there you go. Yeah, Tuba. Frank coming with some some new wave or some
2: candy corn pop. <laughs> That's what some of those songs were. Yeah, I, I, the funny thing is, like I say, I didn't even listen to any of that stuff, but it was on all the time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And we go to parties.
1: As I'm, they're going to play that or whatever, but... Yeah. All right. Vegas Golden Knights. Two nights. The night. It's close out, my friend. Now, is there any doubt that we're going to get a Golden Knights victory? Is there any doubt? I know people say anything can happen. The Minnesota Wild—they had the Golden Knights number early on. My friend, that was a long time ago. Because let's talk about what has taken place in this series. Game one, one nothing. Okay, Golden Knights had plenty of opportunity. The Wild looked fantastic in that game, but like you mentioned many times before, puck off of Alex Martinez skate, one nothing in final. overtime. In overtime, okay. Game two, three one. Game three, five-two. Game four, shutout. Four-nothing. These games are getting more and more one-sided. 3-1, 5-2, 4-0. Forget about it. And remember the 3-1, Minnesota had the first goal. Correct Abundo. So let's do that. So the Knights have outscored since that first goal, 12 to 2. 12 to 2. They've outscored the Minnesota Well, Series is over. It's done. I don't want to hear about it. It's over. Done avalanche they we knew i said that last week two weeks ago that's over st louis don't even bother showing up minnesota wild you're 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 wasting expense money here for making one trip to vegas
2: forget it stay home it's over done well i don't think they're going to stay home they are going to show up they're here but but no i mean a a a lot of stuff yeah absolutely i do and it's like and before this started And again, after the first game, oh, Vegas is in trouble. Minnesota's got their number. And we were on here and we were talking about it. And we talked about the fact that Cam Talbot did not play well the last couple weeks of the season. Mm -hmm. Vegas in their last two games in Minnesota, although that was a house of horrors for them for the most part, The 6-5 game, they should have won. They gave that game away. They weren't going to let that happen again. That was actually a valuable learning experience. The next game, they won. Although it took to overtime, they won it. They actually played well in Minnesota going into this tournament. Talbot wasn't playing well, and I thought Minnesota was pretty much done. They'd kind of done everything they could to make it into the playoffs, and then they were done. They were tired. They were exhausted. And Marc-Andre Fleury has been absolutely sensational. And by the way, even going into this Colorado series cuz yes. And I know Pete DeBoer said today like coaches always do, the fourth game's the hardest one to win. Until you win it, mm-hmm. did St. Louis have a uh, did Colorado have a tough time beating St. Louis the other day in their fourth game when they swept them? No, not really. It's not always the hardest game to win. You want to say that though cuz you're a coach and you want to make sure the things get done. But here's something that's interesting and I'm not sure how many people are realizing it. By virtue of Colorado sweeping St. Louis, they might have done the Vegas Golden Knights a solid. They might have given them an edge and an advantage. Because remember, Nazem Kadri has an eight-game suspension. If that series would have gone five, six, or seven games and Colorado wins, that's that many games off the suspension. By sweeping, Kadri's only served two of his eight-game suspension, he will not be available against Vegas till Game Seven, should it go that far in the series. Now he is, um, he he he's fighting the suspension, trying to get it reduced. But at this time, he's got an eight-game suspension. He's out for the first six games against the series with Vegas, which I do believe will start whenever they want to start it. Because after tonight, I I think Vegas wraps it up. Yeah, they do. And, and I don't know why. And we talked about this Friday when we were out at Sunset Station. I thought that Minnesota should have made a change if for no other reason than just make a change and pull Cam Talbot. Right Now, Minnesota still would have had to find a way to score. And Marc-Andre Fleury, that would have been very difficult to do that against him. But Minnesota's falling apart, and it's not just been Talbot – How come Vegas guys are in front of the net all all of a sudden without getting knocked away in the Minnesota has kind of quit. No, I I agree. They've they've fallen apart. They're not doing what they do well. They're not muddying up the neutral zone. They're not knocking guys out from in front of the net. They just look like a beat team to me. They do. They are void of offense.
1: This entire series, they have been void of offense, and it's getting worse and worse. And it's like they've been punched in the gut over and over again. And it's like especially – when you win game 1 and you say hey we we stole home ice and now we got 3 and 4 at our place and then you know game 6 if we need it, it the series isn't getting back to minnesota again and the lack of confidence that they have that shows through they are getting beat by a better overall team with more star power and depth that's what the golden knights have over minnesota it's plain and simple and yeah they look like they've checked out they are done because nothing that they are trying right now, especially the last three games let's say the la- definitely the last two games, nothing they're trying is working at all and I'm gonna use the word basically non-competitive. I mean when they fell behind one nothing uh, on Saturday that was done mail it in they-, they were done. here comes goals two three and four they've got nothing left.
2: Well, they got nothing left. I think Flurry's in their head right now. Flurry, like I said, has been absolutely outstanding. And how about the emergence of Alex Tuck? And we've kind of seen it all year long. Maybe it's because this is the team that he came from, and we know that sometimes guys get a little extra pep in their step when they're playing against their former team. This is the team that made Alex Tuck one of the golden misfits in year one. They didn't believe in Alex Tuck. And what is Alex Tuck here coming into this series? Kirill the Thrill. Chris Baloff. Oh, this great rookie. They're around the same age. I mean, Alex Tuck. And Alex Tuck is going, really? Mm-hmm. You had somebody who could have been doing that for you before. It's me. Mm-hmm. Alex Tuck has found he's found that extra gear. He's been playing incredible. He's in front of the net some. He uses that size and speed. This guy's a potential 30, maybe even 40 goal scorer goal scorer mm-hmm. at some point in his career. He's playing like a house on fire. And Vegas. For all the demons and that, and we talked about it too going into this series. Oh, Minnesota owns them in the regular season. Different. Playoff hockey, something completely different. And, uh, you know, I'm not saying they're the golden misfits from year one, but they're playing with a purpose again. They're playing with a chip on their shoulder, which Mark andre Fleury has the entire season, ever since last year in the bubble and not playing and everything. Things are coming together, and they're doing it without Max Pacioretty up to yeah. this point.
1: You know, this looks like to me, again, and I go back to what I just said about a team that is just better, has better overall talent, but has more experience and veteran players. It looks like Minnesota has never been here before. And when they got that gut punch, you know, going back to game number two, it's like they didn't know how to respond. And when you look at these two rosters, it's – and Vegas doesn't have a whole bunch of household names, but they got some guys that have been in this league and they have won championships before. Minnesota looks like they have none of those guys. That's – what this roster looks like, they're playing like that, and that may not be, you know, one hundred percent accurate, but that that's the way they they've approached this series as it has gone on. That it looks like they haven't been here before. Like, oh, all of a sudden there there are guys in our lanes, uh, there are guys, you know, uh, muddling up, uh, you, know, uh, you know, in front of the net. There, uh, we, we can't get what we want. We can't do anything on the power play, and then you result into committing stupid penalties, which they have. So it is, to me, it just looks like it's just come crashing down on them because they're not prepared for this moment. The Golden Knights, they've been in the postseason every season. 50 se- This will be the 52nd playoff game. Think about this. We're in year four, right? 52nd playoff game. Golden Knights have won 31 of those. They've won five series. This is only the second time that they can actually close it out at home. But But think about that. I mean, for a team that's only been around not even four full seasons – Your 52nd playoff game, that's the difference in in my eyes from what I'm seeing with this team versus Minnesota. Minnesota doesn't have any of
2: that. Well, absolutely. And and just, again, to touch on a couple of things that you brought up there, you said the household names in that. Vegas does have household names, if you're a hockey fan at all. Mark andre Fleury, even people that aren't hockey fans know him. Mark Stone's up for a lot of awards this year. Shea Theodore is an outstanding young defenseman. Max Pacioretty has played sensational. Alec Martinez, he might not be a household name, but he's got a couple Stanley Cups, and he's got that winning factor to him. So they do have a lot of stuff like that. What's the closest Minnesota's got to a household well-known name? Zach Parisi? Parise? The guy who's right. been around for a while but wasn't even playing in the series till Johansson got injured and hurt. So, I mean, he's not the player that he was that made him the household name he is. So, yeah, right now everything is in Vegas' favor. And I thought it was going into the series, and that's why I mentioned it. When Oh, we don't want Minnesota. We don't. Why don't you want Minnesota? Have you seen how they finished the season? Mm-hmm. They're not playing that well. Now, arguably, the – the two best teams in the playoffs, at least in the betting lines they were in a lot of people's minds, might be facing in the second round right? because Vegas and Colorado, and I think that could be a hell of a series. I really think it might come down once again to goaltending. Grubauer's been good against St. Louis, but they were in St. Louis's head as well. I'm curious to see if he can keep it up against Vegas. I'm curious to see if Max ready joins the lineup. Uh, we know that Pete DeBoer today said him and Nosik and Braden McNabb and a lot of other guys are game-time decisions. I know Reddy wasn't on the ice again today, so I still don't expect him. But they haven't needed him right now. And if he's not 100%, unless you just want to get him a couple reps, I don't know why you would use him. But Colorado's going to be a tough series. At least on paper, it certainly looks like it's going to be. And that top line with Rantanen and McKinnon and Landeskog, I mean, they're absolutely sensational. But I'm not sure that one line can beat the Vegas Golden Knights. If Colorado's going to beat Vegas, they're going to have to get contributions from more than just that top line because we know that Vegas can do a real good job of shutting down other teams if they're only one line or one superstar player, kind of like the youngster with Minnesota. What has Prisbalov done in this series? Mm-hmm. Not much. He's Nothing. made a couple of nice passes here and there, but they've shut him down and they frustrated him. All right. How much do you think the Golden
1: Knights? I mean, they realize what's going on here, you know, with Colorado. That's who they're going to face. They feel like, okay, Minnesota can't touch us here. Any letdown whatsoever do you
2: see from the Golden Knights here tonight? I don't think so because I think that the Golden Knights are going to look at it. And I think Pete DeBoer, first off, Pete DeBoer, remember, he was on a team in San Jose that when they played the L.A. Kings had a 3-0 lead and lost the series. So he truly does believe that the fourth game is the hardest one to win. Hmm. But I think right now what Vegas is probably doing and what they should be doing is going, Colorado's already wrapped up their series. We don't want this game to continue going on and get us more tired than that. We need to wrap up ours as well and get ready for this series. You don't want to give Colorado that much more rest and that much more time to get even healthier and ready for the playoffs. So I think Vegas, while it's not a sense of urgency – I think there is a sense of let's wrap this thing up and let's get ready for the Avalanche. The two teams that, again, for true hockey fans this year, it would not have been right if they didn't meet in the playoffs. Right. Totally agree with that. And, again, we were looking forward to this series
1: with Minnesota, even though they were a lower seed. Uh, Golden Knights coming at two, Minnesota three. Minnesota, the way they defeated the Golden Knights in the regular season, we thought, okay, this could be a series here. But, again, what we said kind of doesn't make sense. I mean, talent-wise, talent wise the Golden Knights had this over the while, but we always, all season long, have been pointing to Colorado and Vegas saying, Colorado, that's the team that can give Vegas you know, problems here. And two evenly matched you know, teams during the course of this regular season, and Colorado wasn't messing around. And they haven't really messed around at all during the course of this regular season. They saw St. Louis he said, we're taking care of business. And they, they, they got that taken care of, getting some rest, and now the Golden Knights have a chance to do the exact same thing and take care of Minnesota in five games. 11,000 fans is what they're expecting tonight. So we've seen around 85, 8,600. Uh, those are the number of tickets that were uh, uh, allowed in T-Mobile Arena for these Golden Knights games over the past couple of weeks. Now they're upping it up. So these are pretty much all still season ticket holders. Eleven thousand tonight, so it's been pretty loud in there for the first couple games. It'll really be loud tonight, especially in a closeout situation.
2: Yeah, absolutely, it will be loud. The fans are going to be excited. The fortress is going to be rocking. You know, the everything seems like it's set. Minnesota would probably like to come in here and try to extend it and take it back to Minnesota, but I'm not really sure that their players' hearts are in it. And if Vegas is ready to play, there's no reason, in my opinion, that Vegas should not win this game. I'm. Things that I'm thankful for is that we're not constantly talking every game about a goalie rotation because there is no rotation. Mark andre Fleury is the starting goaltender for the Vegas Golden Knights, as he should be, and I'm glad that he is. What I'm curious about is if they wrap it up tonight or if they don't. I, I still can't see them losing to Minnesota at this point. Mm-hmm. But what I'm curious to see is since it's at 11,000 tonight, mm-hmm. the next home game is going to be after June 1st mm-hmm. because Colorado will have the first two games at home. All right. So – If you're not going to the Fortress tonight, there is only one other place that you should be,
1: and that is at Sunset Station tonight. Our good friend, Brian Blessing, who precedes us, will be out at Sunset Station hosting, it is back, ladies and gentlemen, the VGK Watch Party, and it's for a home game, and it's a closeout game, and our good friend Chuck Esposito at Sunset Station joins us now. Chuck, are you pumped up,
0: fired up, revved up? Here we go. I am pumped up, guys. uh, I can't believe I'm saying we're back. We're so excited to be not only dipping our toe back in the water, but jumping in with both feet and doing a huge viewing party uh, tonight at Sunset Station for VGK against the Minnesota Wild. Doors open at 630, puck drop at 730. They'll be cool – F&B giveaways, Power Play Sports will be up front. Brian Blessing and myself will be hosting. And go online. Look at the station uh, station casinos online or, or look at Brian Blessing's. And there's some video footage of, of past viewing parties. And it's just crazy in there. The atmosphere is fun. It's exciting. It's all night fans. If you're a wild fan, come on out too and root for your team. But it's a lot of fun. And I'm glad to be back tonight with this viewing party at Sunset Station, guys.
1: You know, Frank and I were talking, Chuck, that we just feel that hey, this is definitely close out Game for the Knights, the way Minnesota has played, uh, especially those last two games in in Minnesota. What are your thoughts about t- tonight? And uh, give us kind of a final score prediction.
0: Yeah, I think guys, everything changed for me at least in game two. Uh, you know, BGK loses game one at home. They're they're trailing one zero in game two, and you could just see it that you know the, the kind of the stadium got T Mobile got a little quiet. Uh, Marshy scores eighteen seconds later. And they just stopped squeezing their sticks after that. You could just see that they were... Skating faster, they were they were hitting harder. Everything kind of changed for them. For me, that was the big momentum swing in the series. And then being down 2-0 in Game Three could have been three zero. You come back and win that game, and just the the air's out of the sail for for the Wild. I think it's a monumental task for them now um, to win. They're a good team. Um, they're going to give us all they have tonight. We're just not going to you know they're just not going to you know uh, VGK is not just going to win automatically tonight. I think it'll be a tough game. Um, Flory should be between the night between the pipes again uh, no patch ready again i believe but hey we need to close them out tonight because colorado's sitting home well rested right now and it's going to be you know it's tough that these two teams have to play uh in the next round teams the lowest odds to win the stanley cup would have loved to seen these two maybe meet in the stanley cup or at least play in the final four but they're going to be playing in the next round and colorado's got home ice in game one and potentially Game 7. I say Vegas wins tonight
2: 4-3. Yeah, I still think that Colorado, by sweeping St. Louis, might have done Vegas a little bit of a favor because Cadre is still has that eight-game suspension. He's only served two of those games. He wouldn't be available for Colorado until a Game 7, and I think that the difference in this series, I, I agree with all the points you mentioned, but Marc-Andre Fleury has been the star of this series, and uh, he has shown why there is no goalie rotation in the playoffs. Mm.
0: I don't think he's just the star of the series, guys. I think he's been the star of the season. Um, Knowing that coming in it was going to be some sort of a timeshare, but Probably Leonard was the main guy. The fact that he had six shutouts this year, the way he filled in with those nine wins in a row um, when when Leonard was out, I think you can make a case that he's been our MVP, taking nothing away from the other guys on the team. This team wants to win for Flurry. There's more 29 jerseys in that building and walking around the community than any place else. So, hey, it's a big game for both teams tonight. I still think we close them out. Um, I know guests love to go out to T-Mobile and watch, but if you can't go there, we are back, guys, over at Club Madrid tonight, fun, fun viewing party, a lot of cool stuff going on.
1: Chuck, enjoy yourself. You and Brian, you guys do a fantastic job. We look forward to seeing you on Friday, and uh, get on out there. Sunset Station, Club Madrid, the place to be tonight. If you're not the Fortress, there's only one place to be, and that is Club Madrid. All right, brother, take care. Have a good time tonight.
0: All right, thanks, guys. Always enjoy it.
1: There he is, Chuck Esposito, director of race and sports with Station Casinos. His home turf there at Sunset Station. All right, good stuff. All right, Ballpark, uh, take the rest of the day off, man. We'll catch you tomorrow. How's that? Sounds good. All right. F- tur- turable Tuesday tomorrow. Absolutely. Final score prediction?
2: Uh, I think Vegas wins tonight 5-1. 5-1.
1: Okay, there you go. Minus 175 favorite. Puck line, lay it. VGK Frank says so. When we come back, the big seven-footer, Big Bill Cartwright and Tim Bradley. Yes, the five-time champ joins us. ESPN boxing analyst. Talk about the great fight that we saw at the Virgin Hotel on Saturday night.